Pushkin. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Brandon McBee was a commodities trader. His job was buying and selling things like natural gas and soybeans. And in 2017, he and a few of his friends, who were also commodities traders, got interested in crypto, obviously. And as a hobby, Brandon and his friends started buying specialized computer hardware to mine crypto, specifically to mine a token called Ether. They were setting up computers in their offices and in garages. And then after a little while, other traders they knew wanted in on the action. And so Brandon and his friends started buying more hardware and charging the other traders to use it. We were basically retrofitting warehouses in New Jersey. That sounds sketchy. It was. <laughs> it was extremely sketchy. Lots of wires everywhere. And could it be any more different than where we're at today? Yes. But we figured out how to run tens of thousands of GPUs in the harshest environments imaginable. GPUs. Those were the key pieces of hardware that Brandon and his friends were using. GPU stands for Graphics Processing Unit, and GPUs were originally developed to power things like video games. But they also turn out to be really good for some other things, like mining cryptocurrency, running complex biological simulations, and also GPUs are really good for AI. And as Brandon and his buddies kept buying more and more GPUs, they thought to themselves, Maybe we shouldn't just rent these out to people who want to mine crypto. Maybe we should see if people want to use them for other things, like training and running AI. That turned out to be a very good call. Today, companies building and running AI models are clamoring to get access to GPUs. And Brandon and his friend's hobby has grown into a multi-billion dollar company called CoreWeave that competes against companies like Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. I'm Jacob Goldstein. This is What's Your Problem, the show where I talk to people who are trying to make technological progress. My guest today is Brandon McBee. He's the chief strategy officer at CoreWeave. 
And I wanted to talk to Brandon because, you know, obviously we talk about AI all the time. And usually we talk about it as this very abstract thing. But in fact, you need physical stuff for AI to exist. You need, in particular, GPUs. And so if you want to understand what's going on with AI, you need to understand what's going on with GPUs. And Brandon is at the center of that. We grew up building computers, right? Like I grew up Uh building computers with my brother. Like, were you a gamer? Is that why? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like in the 90s. you were very early to GPUs. Yes. Yeah. In the 90s, it was like, what was your Christmas present? It was to go pick your your new hard drive or to Uh get like a new stick of RAM and bring it into your computer or to, you know, raid your uncle's office for their old uh, compute equipment and take parts Uh out of it. Uh Uh-huh. It's it's just a really fun space to be in. Let's start macro and go micro, okay? So like macro, yeah. like let me think of planet Earth. Like like where on planet Earth are are the data centers that you are in? So we operate in North America okay. currently. I think you'll see us expand globally within the next 12, 18 months so or so. Where but... in North America? Like how many data centers are you in? Yeah, so in North America, um we'll be in about 14 data centers by Q1. Okay. So that's that's co-located, which means someone else built and operates the actual shell and all the power and cooling okay. and all these like really engineering intensive components yeah. within that data center. And then we come in and build out our infrastructure okay. and the infrastructure in the data center. It's one of the coolest things you can ever walk into. Right? It's like walking into a spaceship. I love it. So so tell me what it's like when you go to one of these data centers. What does it look like? Just like a giant warehouse out in the middle of nowhere, somewhere where power is cheap. Uh, you know, power's in there, but it's more about redundancy of power. It's more about connectivity okay. to like the, the broader internet backbone okay. across North America. And it's about security uh-huh. as well. So when you pull up to one of these sites, you know, it's it's 20 foot walls, uh-huh. it's security guards, it's, you know, multiple badges worth of security to get back to where you need to. It's no cameras, it's um, completely clean rooms, like no food, no uh-huh. drinks, like you, you can't have anything being pulled into the servers because right. there's so much airflow moving through, you know, the entire room. Okay. So you badge, you badge, the security guy, you park, you get in, walk into the room. What's it look like? Is it hot? Is it loud? It is. It, it feels like it's screaming at uh-huh. you. It is extremely loud. You can barely have a conversation. And, and that's a uh, reflection of the amount of power intensity ultimately, right? Because that, that's just fans pushing air through the servers and ex- like very aggressively. In order to, so. to cool them. To cool them. Yeah. Yes, because they're consuming power on an extremely dense basis, uh-huh. right? So the more power you consume in a smaller area, the, the more, you know, associated cooling you have there so it's loud and i'd say one of the more interesting things that you're in there it's the the miles of fiber optic that's required to transport information and connect everything so a typical let's say 16,000 gpu cluster that we build it has 48,000 discrete connections amongst it that all have to be done perfectly and then it has about 500 miles of fiber optic cabling run between all those connections. So this is one sort of cluster that you have built yeah. and it's in like one part of a bigger data center. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So so let's talk let's talk about the cluster. You said it has 48,000 connections, meaning like does a human being when you're building it actually have to go and like plug 48,000 things into 48,000 things one at a time? No. Or yes. Yes. 
Yeah, and it all has to be done correctly, and then all the components have to provision correctly. When I say provisioning, that means they have to get their you know operational instructions. Yeah. Like, like you turn something on, it doesn't know who it is, right? Like what network uh-huh. it's part of, what it's supposed uh-huh. to do. So you have to develop a bunch of a bunch of software that we've done that informs the machine. Hey, hello world, here's what we'd like for you to do. So that that's called provisioning. Okay, so 48,000 connections, and how many GPUs did you say are in this cluster? So that, that's for a 16,000 GPU cluster. Okay. And so, so we've started at the macro, we started at Planet Earth, then we're getting, then we got the data center, and then we got your cluster, and then now let's get to that GPU, because like that is a really interesting, it, it's the center of this whole thing, right? In this cluster you're talking about, is it in fact the NVIDIA H100? Yes, okay. that's right. So I want to talk about the NVIDIA H100 for a minute because like, it's a big deal in the world right now, right? Like, yep. Everybody wants them, apparently. You can't get them or you can't get as many as you want. You can search for NVIDIA H100 on Amazon and it comes up. And the first one that came up for me costs $37,790. Doesn't say whether shipping is included. Uh, and that's just one of them. That's just one of them. Uh, and you're talking about how many in this cluster? So that would be 16,000 in a, in a 16,000 GPU cluster. And we're, you know, we're building multiple of those. And so presumably you're not paying retail. One hopes you're not paying $37,000 per. But, but what is the order of magnitude of what the, what the GPUs cost you in one of these clusters. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but, less, it, but to be clear, less, it's, I'm guessing it's, less, it's the same as everyone less else. Less than 37,000. Yeah, it's it's less. It's it's going to be comparable what the, what the hyperscalers pay or, or so we yes. think, right? At the end of the day, we don't really know. How much does it cost to build one of these clusters? Uh, like to an order of magnitude. Sure. $100 million? Is that the right order of magnitude? It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. That's correct. To build one of these clusters. To build one 16,000 GPU cluster. But to be clear, like we build clusters of different sizes. Yeah. We build multiples of these clusters. Um, it's it's all kind of based on what that end client is looking for. And you know, we do on-demand compute. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of qualify it as our, our capital expenditures at the company levels measured in the you know, billions of dollars a year. Sure. It's a very capital-intensive business because you have to buy... Yes. And for the fundamental reason that you have to buy these GPUs that everybody wants that are profoundly expensive. That's correct. I mean, an interesting twist in this part of the story is, you know, NVIDIA is this really interesting company right now. Their stock has gone crazy this year because they make the GPUs that are in wild demand right now. And they are also an investor in your company, right? Which is very interesting. Like, how does that piece of it, that NVIDIA investment in CoreWave, like, how does that work in terms of the broader dynamics. Yeah, I, I think you see strategic investors on on cap tables pretty often. Sure. Um, I, I, we have a differentiated product. We have a fantastic way to get their infrastructure into the market, but you know we, we don't have any preferential treatment. We don't have any prioritization. We're just it's another not client. easier for you to get the GPUs. No, it is not uh-huh. easier for us to get the GPUs whatsoever. So. These GPUs, these NVIDIA GPUs, why is this the one that everybody wants? What's so special about the H100? So Jensen and the NVIDIA team did this. Jensen is the founder, CEO. CEO. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did this amazing job of enabling 
the artificial intelligence space from an early, early onset, like back in the early 2010s, by releasing the drivers, the software that actually control the GPUs uh-huh. into the market and, and making it accessible to those developers, huh. right? So uh-huh. when you go into like GitHub, for example, and you search AI project, they're all going to come back referencing CUDA drivers, which is the, the software sitting around there using x86. So NVIDIA very cleverly sort of created the language that most of the people who write software, who write AI software speak, essentially use. That's totally right. And so if you, there might be another chip where the sort of specs are comparable, but the language is different and everybody speaks this one language and there's sort of a, a network effect at play where it's like everybody develops on this chip because everybody develops on this chip. And so that is like a classic killer network effect. Yep. They just did an amazing job. Uh-huh. Interesting. You're competing against Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Oracle. So more or less the biggest companies in the world. Yes. You're like four guys uh, <laughs> who were just in a warehouse in New Jersey. Like, what What happened there? Like, how is that happening? It's uh, ultimately it was through that specialization yeah. that that really got us yeah. there. Like you, you have an at scale existing market and you figure out how to do something better. You, you've decommoditized uh-huh. a market through performance. Uh-huh. So the analogy I like is um, like we figured out how to refine a barrel of oil better. Yeah. So everyone has to come use yeah. us. Uh, because you can do it more efficiently, more cheaply. Yeah. And it, the, which means it's more efficient for our clients at the end of the yeah. day. Presumably these companies are spending billions, tens of billions, maybe hundreds of billions of dollars to catch up with you. I mean, I wouldn't be inclined to bet against them, respectfully. I I couldn't agree with you more. They absolutely... Isn't that bad for you? Isn't that scary for you? Like, why are you talking to me? Shouldn't you be like sprinting to try and not get caught by Google and Amazon? Look, these are amazing companies with amazing depth of engineering talent and a massive amount of resources. To your point, they're the largest companies on the planet. Super smart, very good at building big, efficient things. Yes, but they are generalized. These are huge teams. And we both know how long it takes to move a big ship in a new direction. And I mean, uh, to put a sense of scale to it, they're working with tens of thousands of engineers we're in the hundreds of engineers, and it, it just allows for us to focus on a, a task much more discreetly. Uh-huh. This is all we do. We build supercomputers. I'm not trying to serve every single corner of the cloud. I'm trying to serve the part of the cloud that needs access to supercomputers, and we've just become really good at doing it. We'll be back in a minute after a break for some ads. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. 
Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Customers were paying too much for shaving products. So the people at Harry's came up with a way to make beautifully designed razors and sell them at lower prices. Exceptional products at honest prices. I've been using a Harry's razor the last few weeks, and it's great. Close shave. It's got a nice hinge, so it bends around my face in the right places. And I've used the same blade for multiple shaves, and it is still going strong. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. They offer a no-risk trial, and Harry's offers a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Here's a headline. Harry's has the best shave at the best price. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash problem. That's harrys.com slash problem for a $3 trial set. I know some of your clients I've, I've read about, right? I, I imagine some might be private, but some are public, right? Like, so who are some of the people who are using the things that you have built? Some of the public ones, um, Inflection AI is, uh -huh. is one that um, we really enjoy working with that team, especially on engineering. So that's level. Mustafa Suleiman, right, who was one of the founders of DeepMind and who just wrote a book and who yep. we're trying to book for the show. That's his company, right? That's the company that he founded that's after correct. DeepMind. And so they are training like a big sort of a GPT size model, right? And they're using your computers yes. to do it. That's okay. right. Yep. Who else? Um, you know, a smaller team that we just love the engineers at is a company called Novel AI. Okay. Um, Novel AI has uh, kind of a storytelling-based inference product in market. They do text-to-image, text-to-story, um, but there's we have over 600 AI clients on our platform today. Uh, and are you still doing, um, you know, drug discovery stuff? Are you still doing entertainment stuff? Or has AI, is the demand for AI and willingness to pay just so high that it's mostly that now? That's just where all the attention is, is on AI, but we're absolutely recruiting clients on the media and entertainment uh, side and uh, the drug discovery side. I mean, is it getting way more expensive for those clients because of the AI demand? Are they in the sort of unfortunate kind of backwash of like this thing they need to use just got wildly more expensive because there's so much demand <laughs> and so much money flowing in for these other use cases? We have not increased pricing due to that. I think what you've seen instead is just, it's just more difficult for people to get so access supply to supply. Supply is constrained. Price hasn't gone up, but supply yes. is constrained. Well, let's, let's talk yes. about that because supply constraints are like an interesting part of the story, right? There was a quote from a, a guy at OpenAI who's like, what people, what my friends talk about when we get together is like, how are we going to get more GPUs? Like, have you heard? Where are their <laughs> GPUs? It's like, it's like Mad Max or something. But instead of fuel, what everybody needs is GPUs. Like, that is really interesting, right? Like, one doesn't think of technology, these, you know, tech firms with all the money they could want 
constrained because they just can't get these chips, these GPUs at any price. Like that's a really interesting state of affairs. Yes. And I, I think the driver ultimately, look, like AI software adoption is the steepest adoption curve we've ever seen. Yeah. And we're trying to build supercomputers at that pace. And it's a massive logistical and engineering challenge build to keep pace with that we software need stuff, adoption. Right? Stuff doesn't scale it, like it's software. It's tough and right. it is a massive engineering challenge as well. Like it, Are the GPUs the rate limiting step? I mean, even if you had them, it would be hard. But is the fundamental... Uh, it's a good question. Bottleneck the GPUs? G- GPUs themselves are an extremely high demand, but increasingly it's data center space, uh-huh. which which we found has been extremely interesting because data center space is an area that's been undercapitalized or underinvested in for probably the last decade or so. And there's only a certain number of data centers that can actually run this infrastructure due to that increase in power density relative to um, kind of legacy infrastructure, right? So like in this given amount of space, the kinds of of clusters you're building, kinds of machines you're building are going to use way more power. And that's a problem because these these data centers aren't set up to provide that much power per unit space. And cooling, uh-huh. most more importantly, uh-huh. as well. Like you, you have to be able to cool that area. And they generate more heat because they consume more power. Exactly. Right. So there's only a certain number of data centers in the in the US. I'm really speaking to the US here that can run that. And and now that's the bottleneck. And that's huh. going to be the bottleneck for the next two years, arguably, because like all that space has now been leased. What are you trying to figure out that you have not yet figured out? It's that scaling. Uh-huh. It's that onslaught of demand um i I think we're like we haven't figured out we know the engineering we have the right product we have the capital the funding to go do it we have the right people on the ground we have the right management team now it's just growth like we, we have the next 12 to 18 months in front of us outlined and it's just go build like be focused on building. It's arguably some of the largest technology infrastructure projects in the world are happening at our company. When you think about like the next year, you have to spend billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. It's like three guys who were playing around in the garage four years ago, spending billions of dollars. Like, you worried you might do it wrong? <laughs> if I worried. So I, I think it's it's an excellent question. But we've also had a, some of the most well-informed, intelligent participants in the artificial intelligence space look at our engineering teams, look at our product, and say, that's who I'm going yeah. with. Um, we're doing it every day. We're building it every day. And now it's just keep doing it. Remain focused. Keep building. Don't get distracted. Yeah. Um, now you're just and, grinding? You know, like you, you seem base. super successful, but what you're telling me is now you just have to grind it out for a year and like every day grind it out and keep growing yes we'll be back in a minute with the lightning round bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy last year by making investments from coast to coast Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, now let's do the lightning round. How many screens do you have? Six. How many monitors do you have on your computer? Six. It's like former commodities trader. Once a commodities trader, obviously. I can't help it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what? I literally can't help it. It's so, terrible. So like one screen to you, you feel like you're looking at an Apple watch or something, one monitor. <laughs> yes. Do you use all six monitors? I do. I use all six. Now, what, <laughs> whether it's all relevant at the same time, I don't know, but uh, I do use all Are six. Are you looking at six different things? No, it's like dedicated chat windows. There's dedicated, you know, browser windows, information windows. I can get stats on uh, all of our infrastructure. Um, I, I just can't help it. I can't get that commodity trader out of me. Will you go to eight? I've been at eight. I stepped down to six. <laughs> six is like, like chilled it, out. It hurt me a bit. Six is, it, six it is. is six a is digital detox. As a former commodities trader, what do you understand about the world that most people don't risk management say more so acknowledging that there's always going to be trade-offs in what you do but reducing the potential downside of that trade-off as much as possible through through hedging through negotiations through contractual agreements um and being able to filter out the noise um overrated or underrated bitcoin Underrated. Ethereum. Overrated. I would not have guessed 
Bitcoin underrated, Ethereum overrated, given in particular your experience that you started your company mining Ethereum. Why? Yeah. Why is Ethereum um, overrated and why is Bitcoin underrated? I think Ethereum had so many promises of what it would do. Global computer. I just, what are they delivered on? I, I just haven't seen like any real use cases. They never got enterprise adoption, nothing. Whereas Bitcoin is getting government Bitcoin level Bitcoin was supposed adoption. to be new global money. It was. <laughs> so, uh, so why do you think it's underrated? Um, be- because I think it's still moving that direction. Um, it has the potential for it. It it remains really interesting. It's slow moving, but it's it's making progress. Whereas I I feel like Ethereum's kind of been more sideways, if if anything. Interesting. To to down even. What's one time when you gave up on something? Oh my gosh! I mean, in, in the trading world, every single day. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Like you abandon a thesis, basically. You abandon a trade. Is that? Uh... Yeah. I mean, look, like you're you're wrong every single day, and that was like one of the really interesting kind of uh, like outcomes of spending a decade in that career is is learning how to be wrong. You're wrong all the time, but it's it's like how do you admit you're wrong, accept it, learn from it, and move on to the next? And I, I thought that the commodity trading world was just such an fascinating platform for that just get it reinforced every single day it's not like a quarterly performance uh-huh, review uh-huh. it's an intraday 20 times a day you're performance seeing it on review. eight screens in front of your face in real time yes yeah. giant red numbers <laughs> telling you how badly you're doing like it's immediately quantified yeah. so I mean, i've been wrong a lot great i appreciate your time yeah that was fantastic really enjoyed the conversation Brandon McBee is the Chief Strategy Officer at CoreWeave. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 